Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Namaste. Reverence to the divine within you. You've tuned into the Yoga Hour. Let's think of it as our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we'll be looking at how yoga supports us in living a life of joy. Um, coming to understand yoga as the um, philosophy and practice that helps us realize our essential oneness with ultimate reality and how we can learn to cooperate that, co- cooperate with that and have it expressed through our minds and through our bodies and into our life, into every circumstance, into every relationship. We're joined today by Gwen Nagano for um, looking at how Ayurveda and Yoga, the sister sciences, um, can teach us about the importance of enjoying life. Not everyone sees the spiritual path as a path of joy, so we're going to clear that up this morning. Uh, Gwen Nagano is an Ayurvedic wellness practitioner and educator, and she says that her firsthand experience with the day-to-day challenges of practicing the Ayurvedic profession led her to focus on initiatives to improve uh, standards for Ayurveda and its availability in the U.S. So she's been a member of NAMA, the National Ayurvedic Medical Association, since 2008, and she's currently serving um, as president and board member in addition uh, to heading up the steering committee for the Washington Ayurvedic Medical Association. You can find out more about NAMA. It's really leading the charge for um, setting up these standards and making Ayurveda more accessible to us. Um, and their website is ayurvedanama.org. That's A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A, NAMA, N-A-M-A.org. Welcome, 
Gwen, I'm so delighted that you're here with me this morning on Yoga Hour. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And before we uh, launch into our dialogue, let's practice some yoga in the form of just a short centering meditation. One life, one power, one presence surrounds us and indwells us. So when we meditate, we simply consciously open our hearts and our minds to that divine omnipresence, that one reality called by many names. It's the source of our life, the substance of it. So right where we are, wherever you are, right here and right now, just take this moment as your yoga moment, the moment you can experience union with your essential self, the moment to be restored to wholeness, the moment to be healed, the moment to be blessed. Just let your breath help you connect to the depths of your being. With your in-breath, feel that you're diving into the infinite ocean of divine consciousness within you. With your out-breath, let go of any stress or tension, worries or concerns. Just renounce them, let them go, drop them down. And expand your awareness into the infinite divine being that you are. In this moment of pausing, practicing the yoga of meditation, We can become aware of our thoughts and feelings settling. And as they do, our essential nature moving to the forefront of our awareness. As we touch that, peace begins to fill our heart, our mind, our body. And we can touch that joy that's always within us. So let's remember to take that peace and that joy with us now into our day ahead. We begin our first segment in the program this morning taking a look at joy how joy is a, an essential quality of the soul and that it is actually an essential nature of reality uh, itself, an expression of divinity. Kriya Yoga philosophy teaches us that our true nature is divine. Paramahansa Yogananda said, 
God is consciousness. God is absolute existence. God is ever new joy. This is known as Satchitananda. Consciousness, existence, and bliss are joy. And, and we look at meditation as we just did as a, as a key tool for uh, experiencing that joy, dropping out of our discursive thought, the sense mind, even the intellect, and touching in on this underlying wholeness of life to where we can discover uh, this joy. And uh, Gwen, I know Arveda as yoga's sister science, of course, also includes meditative practices and um, many other that practices that help us get in touch with life's interconnectedness that um, help us, you know, abide in this joy that is natural to us. Um, how do you see that, that Arveda supports us in finding this joy and, and really living it every day? Well, Ayurveda really can be defined in so many different ways. And yes, the tools cross over in, in the sister sciences and how we use them. Um, but it, it's a basic art of living, an art of living in harmony with nature and our surroundings and our environment to connect to the harmony in our relationships in one another. So with that process brings us joy with others, as well as our own body, mind, and spirit. And when you, and, and of course, those are from those of our listeners who are familiar with Ayurveda, you know, have a basic understanding that, you know, as this science of life, um, a real goal is to help us um, identify how to bring balance into our lives. You know, that helps us have that dynamic energy, that helps us have that inner peace and um, touch on that joy. Um, you know, what are some of the basic ways that, that Arveda says that we can find this balance of body, mind, and spirit? Well, through clarity and relationships brings compassion, and compassion really is love. And in the foundations, the four pillars of Ayurvedic uh, definitions, the dharma, the righteous duty, the artha, the monetary success, the karma, the fulfillment of biological needs, and the moksha, enlightenment, are structures in which we build foundation to wellness, joy, love, happiness. And these foundations help us to uh, explore ourselves. So first, um, would you say it, it comes down to seeing our life in this larger context, that there's, there's bigger goals in life than, you know, um, like what job we're going to do um, that, that fits in, in the subcategory of, you know, our, our vocation in life. But, but first, starting from the foundation of what are we here for, um, what is our ultimate purpose, and then how do we live in harmony uh, with that purpose? Um, what are some of the, you know, like searches like every day, you know, like living 
Ayurveda every day, we look at, okay, we have this big goal in life to be in tune with, you know, we're here to awaken spiritually, we're here to express our divinity, we're here to um, ultimate, ultimately know liberation, uh, to thrive and prosper, to experience our joy. Um, what in a typical Ayurvedic day would help us do that? Well, we generally begin with the moment-to-moment awareness uh, so that we have this reflection inward and outward, uh, something that one of my teachers, Dr. Vasant Laud, refers to as this double-arrowed attention, the practice of feeding others before ourselves uh, to connect outward before going inward, creating gratitude of giving practices around how we live are what Ayurvedic uh, guidelines um, provide us to to gain and achieve harmony with our surroundings. So that basic practice, that, that again, basic piece of moment-to-moment awareness brings us into a space of consciousness with our actions and allow us to better leverage some of the the guidelines that Ayurveda provides. And what do you find to be the best tool for cultivating that moment-to-moment awareness? I think what Ayurveda provides is a unique assessment to know oneself in our own personal chemistry. That is one thing that sets the science of Ayurveda aside from other um, sciences or, or, or delivery of perspective in that it gives us a uh, definition around our personal chemistry and makeup to help us assess and understand ourselves in a way that is a unique design and know that we are all unique in design, providing us more compassion and understanding for one another. So that fundamental uh, differentiation to not group ourselves together as all being exactly the same allows us to accept differences and move gracefully through changes and and different needs that we have. Yeah, that is such a gift of of Ayurveda, Um, you know, and it helps us, you know, connect not only to ourselves, but to others, to the universe, Um, you know, uh, this... This, uh, you know, what is called understanding your constitutional type, you know, based on the doshas, um, the qualities that, you know, refers back to the qualities of nature, um, you know, helping to know how to bring yourself into balance. You know, balance is dynamic. You know, when I first, um, came on the path of yoga and then also discovered Ayurveda, I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to get balanced. <laughs> and then, you know, I'll have this moment-to-moment awareness and, and you know, it'll be a done deal. But, you know, balance is not a state. Uh, it's a process. And so the tools of Ayurveda, I find, are just um, wonderful to help us understand that 
that balance is something dynamic. So when we understand our particular constitution, you know, whether we have a lot of fire energy in our constitution, uh, a lot of water, a lot of air, um, then, you know, we can, we can understand, you know, it, when we're feeling out of sorts, how to make the proper adjustment and making those proper adjustments then, whether we do it through diet or through asana practice or through meditation, um, or, you know, getting out into nature. I mean, there's so many ways, but, you know, we, we have to be able to diagnose for ourselves what it is that's out of balance and how then you know, to regain that. Exactly. We do. The focus of balance is really the goal with the, the Ayurvedic practices. And and one of the concepts of what we see in the mind today, we see in the body tomorrow, how we translate emotions and thoughts into our physical manifestation. And how we assess that to bring balance is is a journey and and balance is the goal to bring health and happiness and our greater ability to contribute to the greater good um, helping others bringing more joy and gratitude with this balance but it's definitely a challenge with our our current day lifestyles we we have a lot of what um, there's a sanskrit term prajna paradha crimes against wisdom we we know better, but we, we choose a consequence. We, we, we do it anyway, choosing the, the balancing option for the imbalancing choice. And we have a lot of trade-offs that we work with with our lifestyles today. And, and that goal of balance keeps us focused on what it takes to, to find that health, happiness, and harmony. Mm, I just, I, that phrase that you offered is just really helpful. I'm thinking about, you know, mind today, body tomorrow. Um, because I think, you know, that that's really a key to what you just described, that we often think that, um, somehow there's no, no connection. You know, that it doesn't really matter, you know, what we're experiencing in our emotions or, you know, how we're pushing ourselves mentally, you know, staying too long at our computers or allowing ourselves mm-hmm. to get out of sorts. And, um, and then, you know, later on we wonder, you know, well, you know, where did that, where did that cold come from? Or, you know, where did that stomach ache come from? Um, but this, you know, body mind connection is absolutely seamless. And so, um, it's not just that the energies of nature are affecting the body, but they're also, um, you know, working at the mental level, which is more subtle. And then it takes a while. Um, you know, sometimes it, it can be quick, but sometimes it takes a little while before it shows up physically. And, um, so learning to work on a more subtle level at the mental level. And, you know, beyond that, um, at the spiritual level of our being is a key to our wellness and our ability to experience ongoing joy. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest today, Gwen Nagano. She's president and board member of NAMA, National Ayurvedic Medical Association. And uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to look at how we can increase our well-being and joy through practices in Arveda and yoga. We'll be right back with you.
If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. If I were brave, I'd walk the razors where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and we're joined today on The Yoga Hour by Gwen Nagano, who is an Ayurvedic wellness practitioner and educator, and she is the current president, uh, as well as a board member of NAMA, the National Ayurvedic Medical Association, which and their website is ayurvedanama.org. Org. And I want to let you know that their annual conference uh, is coming up now, uh, Arveda Today, and it will be held from April 9 through 12, 2015 in Newport Beach, California. So go to their website. You can find out about that dynamic conference. If you're interested in learning more about wellness, about Arveda, um, you are certainly welcome. And before the break, we were we were talking about finding balance in our lives and and uh, ways to cultivate um, energy and uh, wellness and recognizing the body-mind connection. 
And, um, you know, Arveda, you know, one of the most practical ways that Arveda helps us, um, is to learn about, uh, the importance of food and right diet, uh, in our life according to, um, our own constitution and, uh, our, and our own energy, uh, learning about what that is and, and Arveda, focuses on a principle that is called Agni, our uh, digestive fire. And, of course, this digestive fire is we're digesting all the time, not just food, but information (laughs) and so forth. So, Gwen, um, let's launch into Agni um, because this uh, is a key to our joy. If we're not processing what we're taking in, we get really sluggish and uh, joy is not accessible to us. So tell us about Agni, um, how we can befriend our Agni. Agni, it's our digestive fire. It is our life force. And when we manage it efficiently, it is our tool, our tool to what we are designed as a, what also is referred in in permaculture practices as a closed-loop system. We look to be efficient in how we process our energy in and our energy out in equal exchange. And by regulating the Agni, this digestive fire, for our filtration, very complex filtration system, we improve our efficiency. So we spend less time tending to the fire and more time enjoying the benefits of a healthy digestion. And managing our digestive fire is where we find many tools in Ayurveda. There are many ways of approaching this management through breath work, yoga work, the foods we eat, the teas we drink, the herbal supplementations we may leverage for a more uh, more effective, a higher efficacy of of increasing our digestive fire. When our digestive fire is low, we have a heavy, dull, sluggish uh, presence. And Mm -hmm. this impacts our emotions, our mind-body wellness. And digestive fire is something that is directly impacted by poor choices. Poor choices in food, poorly combined foods, foods that do not digest well together, Uh, emotions, digesting loss, trauma, main events in life, marriage, moving, those things infect our digestive fire and we need tools to help improve that digestive fire to maintain efficiency and work towards that goal of balance. So acne is a dance. It's it's definitely a a a moment to moment consciousness of where our digestion is at, knowing whether or not we've eaten our meals at the proper times to properly sustain us for our calling, for our commitments. And the Ayurvedic perspective of Agni is not just within the digestion. We have uh, an agni, a digestive fire to the transformation of our tissues. So there are different levels. So it can be very complex or it can be very simple with the matter of, of consciousness around what 
this digestive provides for us. Mm-hmm. One of the practices with, with managing Agni is to eat warm foods and to not uh, drown our foods in, say, cold ice water. Uh, this, mm-hmm. this is one practice that we do in the United States that is uh, so detrimental to our overall well-being and ability to digest our food and emotions, and we, we drown it in a cold, damp uh, beverage that causes smoldering before we, we ever begin our meal. And so the guidelines in Ayurveda try to help us see those, those pieces from the element perspective versus the, the Western molecular perspective that looks at more of that molecular exchange. We're looking at that element exchange and how we kindle digestive fire for cellular health and mental health. Mm, that's a beautiful explanation. So if we, if we just think about, you know, having this furnace <laughs> within us and that when we, when we are eating, um, or having experiences, you know, they're going into the furnace and, you know, how, how well is that fire tended? You know, are we dampening down the fire? Um, as you say, that beautiful example of, you know, ice water, um, or, or just putting, you know, really heavy foods in, you know, too much food, you know, not properly chewing the food, you know, to where it's just like building a fire in your fireplace. You know, if we put, you know, too many logs on at one time, um, you know, the fire gets too low and it can't manage it. So it's, it's not only what we eat, but it's the proper amount and in the, in the proper way. Um, and, and so, you know, paying attention, uh, to how we live, you know, how we're caring for the body mind can make such a difference in, um, fostering, you know, a strong and healthy, Agni. And, you know, one of the ways to tell whether it's strong and healthy or not really is, is to take our joy reading, you know, is to take our energy reading. You know, as you mentioned, if the Agni is low, you know, we feel sluggish and dull. You know, the mind is not uh, clear. Um, we have low energy. Uh, when, when Agni is working well, um, you know, we're, our mental faculties are crisp. Uh, we have energy, you know, to do what we need to do. And, you know, we also have uh, a regular uh, cycle of appetite. I mean, that's something to watch for too, isn't it, Gwen? You know, like, you know, do you, do you get hungry? <laughs> and then what do you do when you get hungry? You want to talk a little bit about that, like just uh, paying attention to what's going on in that way. Well, and you've touched on a, a topic that has been very big this last week as we've just transitioned, um, unless you live in Arizona, to the daylight saving time. And NPR had a very interesting article, which was entertaining on some aspects as they talk about the material being a surprise or a discovery as they talk about the circadian rhythms of our organs and our digestion um, as if we didn't have this documented by Ayurvedic seers 5,000 years ago, but their reference to this uh, rhythm of how our digestive fire, how our organs perform with the circadian rhythms of the planet. And when we honor that, we find balance and eating our meals at the proper times uh, between 
6 and 9 a.m. for our breakfast, 11 and 1 for our midday meal, which is ideally our largest meal. That is when our digestive fire is the highest, high noon. And then our meal or evening supper between 5 and 7 p.m., and that's the lighter meal as our digestion is overall energy is lower in the evening time. Mm-hmm. And in the West, you know, we we tend to flip those two uh, around, you know, which contributes to a lot of um, physical and even mental distress, meaning, you know, people are likely, you know, sometimes to even skip lunch, you know, because they're working through it, you know, or they're... Um, you know, having a burrito at their computer and, you know, at the end of the day and for many, you know, I, I work in Silicon Valley and in the Bay Area, California, you know, and for many, they work really long days. And so they're getting home after eight o'clock at night. And that's the time to finally relax and have that big meal. Um, but, you know, that's the meal that, of course, doesn't get properly, um, burned in the Agni doesn't get properly processed and that's the one that shows up, you know, around our waistline and our our hips. <laughs> and so um paying attention to, you know, how your body can process food in in the most efficient way. And um, you know, you mentioned this change to daylight savings um here in, in the U.S. And, and also now, it, of course, we're entering into the season of spring. And I know that, that Ayurveda has us take into consideration, you know, what's happening in, in nature. So what are some of the changes we might think about in terms of self-care with regard to being in spring season? Oh, it's such a wonderful time of the year to really have a consciousness around this. As as the planet cleanses itself and begins to rebuild in the springtime, if you're living in an area with, you know, full seasons, uh, our bodies are following that same rhythm. So we are shedding the heavy heaviness of winter time and we are moving towards the the replenished and rejuvenation of into the the spring and summer but it can be very uh disruptive in the process and our our climate change scenarios are contributing to this we are seeing fluctuations in temperatures that our bodies are not used to adjusting to such extremes so it does uh, suppress the immune system and challenge our digestive fire. So we find that we can have very uh, irregular appetites and finding foods that are light and easier to digest when we are in the seasonal transition times will aid in our body's process for the cleansing and the replenishing and the rejuvenating with the seasonal change. Mm. You know, I mean, most of us, and I, I remember, you know, uh, just the initial study on this path and coming to recognize this, that it's, it's very frequent that people will have a health challenge at the juncture of the change of seasons. Um, you know, you've, people are getting colds and allergies and flus and things like that. They come seasonally, you know, and Arveda would say, well, you know, that's no accident <laughs> because right. there's a change and, and we need to uh, learn how to uh, adjust 
attached uh, to it. So moving into spring, um, then you say it would be useful for us to begin to think about um, shifting our diet a little bit into a lighter, a lighter foods. Um, some of the fresher foods are becoming available in our farmers markets now. Um, so. Um, are there it's other- very true that the seasonal practice of eating locally and seasonal as best we can really leverages that higher intelligence of the planet and what it's providing. The planet knows what we need when we need it and provides in that element factor. And that's what's so incredible about uh, this science is it gives us that understanding uh, yet it, it can seem very complex, but it is very simple if we're following those rhythms and that higher intelligence of the planet and what it provides. It, it, so the yeah, farmer's really? market's <laughs> ideal. Yeah, the farmer's market is so great. And, and learning to live um, and to really enjoy those constraints, you know, um, Living in California, we have such abundance uh, of, of produce here. But, you know, in many places in the U.S., of course, there is produce that is shipped in from all around the world. Um, so you, you can have just about anything in any season. But uh, you won't find that at the farmer's markets. I love to go and look at the list of, you know, what's you know, what's growing this week. And, you know, so now we're, we're, we're moving from the root vegetables to some of the the greens that are that are starting to uh, starting to pop up, and uh, you know we'll be moving more and more towards these uh, fresher foods. Um, so, a- as we get close to concluding this segment, um, Gwen, what would you say you know is really key in in Arveda to maintaining? Um, our vitality. We've talked about Agni and, and diet and, of course, uh, meditation and this moment-to-moment awareness. Is there anything else that you would say that, and we've talked about seasonal awareness, anything else you would say that, you know, Arveda points to as critical for building and maintaining our vitality? Yes, Ayurveda views vitality in, in a definition of something called ojas this core energy, that, that ojas is a measurement of where our, our core energy levels um, stand. So we assess that um, very simply. We, we can wake up in the morning and feel rested and energized, or we can wake up in the morning and feel heavy and tired and drained. And how that vital energy, that core ojas reads for us is how we can gauge our decisions for the day. And again, that, that prajna paradha sometimes gets the better of us because we have commitments and we have complex lives in the world today. And we, we make decisions based on often the wrong reasons due to the commitments or the expectations that we have with our, our lives. And we compromise our core energy for those decisions. And, and just as we, as you mentioned, with the season change, we are susceptible with our immune system being challenged. We are susceptible for coming into a virus or, uh, 
a manifesting a an imbalance that translates in our own unique chemistry in different ways. And by finding ways to honor that core energy, that ojas, uh, gives us that respect that we need for our, our mind-body wellness, making decisions that preserve, restore, and rejuvenate to replenish ourselves. Mm. And that's so beautiful. In the practice of yoga, you know, this is really uh, the way that we learn um, how to be in touch with our vital force and, you know, how to um, preserve it, you know, how to not spill it away, um, how to not um, you know, exceed our, our limits. You know, we don't, we don't want to shop till we drop when we practice yoga. <laughs> we want to be able right. to, you know, stop short of having our, our energy run out. So we're going to take a little break right now. And uh, when we come back from this um, break, we'll take a look at the role of gratitude in our lives for experiencing more joy. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our guest today. Gwen Nagano from NAMA and remember to go to their website ayurvedanama.org and take a look at their upcoming conference this April in 2015 we'll be right back with you now and then life is challenging I may not welcome challenge itself but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature, rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer. And by using our innate creativity with intention in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. You're 
You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org, and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. We're talking about uh, yoga and Ayurveda uh, today and how these uh, sister sciences can help us live healthier, more vital and joyful lives. And before the break in the last segment, uh, Gwen, y- you had brought up this um, principle of um, ojas, uh, how uh, Ayurveda sees um this foundation of vitality or vital force and um i was mentioning too in yoga how we how we look at um being able to uh, conserve our energy or our prana so let's start with talking about those terms themselves uh, ojas uh, o j a s and prana p r a n a um tell us how uh, ayurveda sees those two terms if you could define them for us and um talk a little bit about what they mean and how you know what what some tools are we have for working with them Yes, prana being our life energy, this uh, can be through the food we ingest, the air we breathe. We, by having a consciousness around the quality of the food and the air, we bring more, we breathe life into ourselves. And ojas, is the recipient of this effort. So ojas is a storage within our blood, within our systems that provide the the nutrient to sustain. So they are directly tied and dependent upon one another. Mm, it's beautiful. So we can see prana as this life force and energy and Ojas is kind of our storage and distribution system <laughs> in a way. Would, right. Would that would be right, yeah. And right. so um, when we practice, we have various practices like pranayama for enhancing our, our vital force. Um, that will then um, positively affect our ojas. Would that be a, a right assumption? Absolutely. We've forgotten how to breathe. It's It's... Absolutely fascinating for individuals that I've worked with for us to explore how we breathe and how we forget to breathe. And it's an amazing and powerful tool, rebalancing with different forms of pranayama work that help us to cool ourselves or energize ourselves or cleanse ourselves can be done just about anywhere and it's free and it's a powerful medicine. Another powerful medicine in that realm, yoga nidra, the, the practice of, of simply going within and connecting to our cellular structure, that, the practice of yoga nidra like simply shavasana uh, for an entire session of yoga mm-hmm. <laughs> is building ojas, expanding that pranayama 
in uh, in a level that is is not otherwise reached. We have so many multitasking practices in our lives today that it is very rare that we go to one focus. Mm-hmm. And both of those tools provide that. Yeah, that one-pointed attention, um, and really with pranayama and yoga nidra both, it's allowing um, that vital force uh, to to spread out <laughs> and to not be um, confined, you know, by the um, dissipation, you know, through mental uh, energy. So when we bring the mind uh, to one pointed attention and awareness, then the vital force, you know, it's, uh, I just see it like, um, you know, a well of water coming up, you know, and then moving through all the tributaries and, and, you know, and, but we tend to be mostly throughout our day in this kind of contracted focused space, you know, moving from one thing to the next and, and, uh, energy is, uh, constrained and restrained and uh with these practices that you've mentioned it's a way of first focusing our attention and awareness but then allowing it to expand in a way that completely nourishes our our body and mind it is so true we we really have uh complexities that make it difficult for us to get to that space that those practices provide. And, and you know, just the simplest thing, as you said, is just remembering to breathe, <laughs> remembering to breathe. Um, of course, we're breathing all the time, but, you know, very often our breath is, is shallow and, um, you know, not uh, deeply nourishing. So just taking... Just taking a, a breath break, and sometimes that's all that's needed. You know, we can be sitting, working, and it feels like our energy has gotten low, and um, you know, it's tempting to go, you know, for that coffee, um, which you know might be great, you know, initially, but then it's going to have uh, a drop off later on. Um, but you know, it's possible just to take a breath break instead where we take a moment um, to, to just relax and to consciously breathe, to follow our breath in, to follow it out again. And, you know, just like we did with the opening meditation today, you know, that's available. As you said, it's free. It's available to us anytime and uh, anywhere. And that can uh, not only help us refocus, but uh, revitalize and, and get back in touch with our joy. Um, we're going to conclude in, in just uh, a few minutes here, Gwen, and I, I do want to give you a moment to um, just uh, talk about the upcoming conference and perhaps the theme of this year's NAMA conference coming up in April uh, in California in uh, 2015. Yes, this is our um, 15th year for the National Ayurvedic Medical Association and our 11th conference. And we are focused this year on Ayurveda today. So this roughly 5,000-year-old science that has been documented by Sears has uh, some beautiful translations that in practical delivery... Uh, take some massaging to apply to our lives today. 
So the focus of this year's conference is applying these practices in a practical, uh, usable form for, for how we live our lives in this, this current state. And our presenters have been um, orchestrated into um, multiple tracks. So we do have sessions that focus on all the sister sciences. So we will have a session on uh, Jyotish, which is the, the planetary influence of our lives and how we can apply that to current day practices, as well as the variety of, of applications of Ayurveda and its eight limbs. We have morning yoga and meditation sessions to begin the day. It's definitely a challenge having a conference in a conference center with recycled air for several days <laughs> is not balancing. And so it's, it, it's always a challenge for us to provide uh, this environment that can expand our, our knowledge and our connections, the, the interconnectedness that we have within these communities of practicing the sister sciences and, and not become <laughs> out of balance from in right. the, the intention. Right. So we have warm, nourishing meals. Uh, we, we do choose to have vegetarian meals as they are lighter and easier to digest. Um, this year, we're blessed with a beautiful venue that has a gazebo courtyard that we will be able to have our lunches outdoors. So we'll get a little connection with the nature and have that opportunity to to walk in nature and feel the rhythm of the, the birds and the surroundings and uh, the beautiful, sunny California weather. Well, and I, I really think that as much as we focus in the conference on on education and expanding our perspectives on the principles of Ayurveda. It's the connections that uh-huh. we have within the uh-huh. sister sciences in the community that make yeah. the event so profound. And it, it is, it, definitely. It, yeah, I have been to the NAMA conferences, and they're great. I highly recommend. I plan to be there with you, and thank wonderful. you for, for being with us today and uh, letting us know about this upcoming program, not just for learning, but as you have so aptly described, for really experiencing how to find balance even at a conference. Uh, it's been such a joy to share this uh, yoga hour with you, Gwen. Again, their website is arvedanama.org. I look forward to being back with you again next week. I'm going to be joined uh, with, by special guest Rod Stryker, the founder of Parayoga and the author of the book, The Four Desires, Creating a Life of Purpose, Happiness, Prosperity, and Freedom. And we're going to be talking about the secret to success. Um, we have some upcoming programs at CSE that you can take online. Um, I'll be teaching about Yoga Sutra in the next couple of weeks. So go to csecenter.org to find out about how you can take this upcoming course on Yoga Sutra online. I look forward to being with you again. And remember to breathe, uh, to honor your Agni, to let your peace and the light of your inner joy light up the world, not only within you, but around you. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. 
Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA Unity ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 